Park Podcast, where we compare theme park offerings from coast to coast. We don't always see eye to eye, but in the end, we'll try. I'm Allie, and as always, I am joined by CJ. How you doing, Siege? Hey, I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing great. It's been a lazy Sunday here. Yeah, it has been a very lazy Sunday here. We um, tried to go to Animal Kingdom today, and then my child got sick. No joke. We walked into the park. Mobile ordered our lunch. I dropped Devin and the kids off at a table. I was about to pick up the tray when Devin calls. And I'm like, that's weird. <laughs> Maybe he moved tables. <laughs> Picked up the phone. Violet just threw up. <laughs> no! And there I am with $45 worth of food sitting in front of me thinking, what do we do? They uh, don't have boxes at this restaurant. They had like foil that we could have covered our food with to take home. But I was like, Devin, I think we just got to eat fast and move on. So we like ate all our food really fast. Um, you know, they we get kids meals usually and they come with sides. So we had sides of like cuties, oranges and uh, graham crackers. We just threw them in the bottom of the stroller and went home. It was literally from car into the park back to car was one hour. Oh, no. <laughs> and, you know, it's like a 10 to 15 minute walk to and from the car. So, yeah. Well, yeah. Well, I hope she feels better. Um, that's unfortunate for all of you, frankly. Yes, but you know what? We'll be back another time, so it's all good. Yep, that's true. So today we are not talking about sick children or Animal Kingdom. Today we are going to cover CJ's final half of the Coast to Coast Challenge and her trip to Disney before that. Yeah. So yeah, um, we're going to start by going over CJ's trip to the Disney parks because she did that first before the half marathon. So why did why did you do that before? Um, just based on when we were traveling, we were traveling the Tuesday leading into race weekend and then flying back home on the Tuesday. And that race when, weekend was also Martin Luther King weekend. So mm -hmm. I was thinking, okay, if I do it on a race day or afterwards, the parks are going to be really, really crowded, and I just don't want to deal with that. I'd rather go early, go on a weekday, um, and get it done. So, yeah, and that worked out to be a really good decision, quite honestly. Yeah, how were the crowd levels? You know, it may have been crowded, but it didn't – I mean, I don't really think it was that crowded. I would call it, like, moderate crowd levels um but it did not really have any bearing on our visit to the parks we for some background it was my best friend katie and i katie still lives in california we both grew up going to the parks me more often than she did but there are periods in her life when she had an annual pass as well so we're both really familiar with the parks and katie and i were talking and she's like in every relationship there's a dog and a cat and i was like what are you talking about? And she's like, you know, dogs are like hyper and on the go and cats are just like chill. She's like, you and I are both dogs. <laughs> so, you know what? We are both dogs. And that kind of describes how we go about the park. Like we just knock stuff out, get it done and move on to the next thing. Um, and we're both like very understanding that that's just how we tour the parks. Even when we were visiting Walt Disney World, that's pretty much how we did it. Um, so we were able to just like get a lot done because of our personalities, our experience going to the parks in the past, um, and our goals. Like we only had one day of park hopping, so and there were things that we wanted to do. So, so you each had one day park hopper ticket, mm -hmm. and did you get Genie Plus? We did. Yes, we figured since you know we were just doing one day, and there were things that we definitely wanted to do, we were going to get Genie Plus just to make sure that we got everything done that we wanted. Fair enough. So walk me through the morning that you were there. Just when did you get there? What was your first move? Yeah, so I was staying, you know, about, um, I'm sorry, I'm like blinking right now. I was staying like 30 to 40 minutes south of Disneyland, closer to family. So Katie picked me up around 7.15ish um, at a Starbucks parking lot by our hotel. Um, and we drove up there. We parked at Mickey and Friends. We were actually going to take like a back route to get to the Pixar Pals entry side, but there was a car accident completely. No, I'm sorry. I lied. That happened on another day. Um, there were road closures associated with the 5K that was happening, you know, a couple days later. So we ended up going in the main entrance of Mickey and Friends and it was fine. Like there was nobody in line. And we decided to walk to the monorail station in downtown Disney because once you scan in, 
you can book your first Genie Plus selection. So we decided to do that and walked right onto the monorail at like 8.05. And we booked our first Genie Plus selection for 9.20 for Indiana Jones. And there was nobody on the monorail. You know, it was just us. I think like one other couple in the car. And the monorail driver was so, was so funny. He would say like, Mr. Voice, where are we now? And then the automated narration would come on. He's like, we're now entering Fantasyland. That's fantastic. And then, and then he would say, Mr. Voice, what can we see down below? Down below, look to see the golden spires of It's a Small World. <laughs> it, was just, it was very funny. Um, so that was a good call. And you know, where as we passed by the main entrance of Disneyland, we looked down and the lines were so long and we we're like, wow, I'm really glad we took the monorail in because we would have had that whole walk through downtown Disney and then waiting in the line and then walking down Main Street to get to wherever we're going to get. Um, so that was it was a good call. And from there, we went straight to Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway, which we could have gotten Lightning Lane for, but I wanted to see the standby queue. Good call. We walked, yeah, we walked right onto that. We both really loved it. Um, Roger Rabbit was right there, and it had been years since either of us had been on it. Um, so we walked right onto that as well. And then we passed by Storybook Land Canal Boats, which is a classic. And it wasn't quite a walk-on. It was like a five-minute wait. Um, and they still had the little miniature decorations up for Christmas. So that was kind of cool. And by the time we got off of Monorail, Runaway Railway, Roger Rabbit, and Storybook Land, it was 9 a.m. So just about time for you to go over to Indiana Jones. Yep. Our lightning lane for Indiana Jones is at 920. And even with lightning lane, that line still takes a while because <laughs> you're really only passing the outdoor portion of the queue. Um, but once we scanned in, we booked for Haunted Mansion at 1020 a.m., um, Haunted Mansion Holiday was still going on and it had been since pre-COVID that I'd seen Haunted Mansion Holiday and even longer for Katie. Um, so that was a must do for us as well. So when we did my trip report, I mentioned Indiana Jones, the new effect, and I thought it was really well done. So I want to know what you think of that. Yeah, actually, I was thinking in my head while we were on the ride, Allie said there's a new effect. I don't know what the new effect is. And I kept thinking, like, where is the new effect? And then it finally happened. And I was like, oh, that's the new effect. And it was I thought it was really well done. And it was a lot more clear what was going on opposed to how it was originally. Yes, I I agree with that. It really it helps flow into the next scene a lot better than a rat does. <laughs> yes, I would agree with that. Rest in peace, rat. We will remember you forever. <laughs> yes, yes. So, okay, so we did our lightning lane for that at 920, and then we went on to Pirates. Um, we had tried to do Jungle Cruise after Indiana Jones, but they weren't opening till noon for some reason. So, Oh, interesting. We, yeah, we went over to Pirates, basically a walk-on. So we were done with, with both Indy and Pirates by 10 o'clock. Um, we still had, you know, 20 minutes before Haunted Mansion Lightning Lane. So we mm -hmm. were like, what can we do in this time? We walked by Big Thunder. It, the line was a little long. So then we went over to Galaxy's Edge and we were having issues. We wanted to purchase individual Lightning Lane for Rise of the Resistance. So we talked to a cast member over there. It kept telling me I wasn't geographically in California or Canada or something. <laughs> so I was like, okay, I guess I can't purchase lightning lane for this and then on katie's app it was working but we weren't sure if it was just going to give us the first available time or if we could pick our time mm -hmm. they advised us to just keep watching it and purchase it later so from there we went on single rider on smugglers run that was at 10 15 so it took 15 walt disney world people this is how close things are in disneyland we were done with Pirates by 10. We had talked to a cast member at Rise, and we were getting on Smuggler's Run single rider at 10.15. Yes. Super also, close together. <laughs> yes. And also, Katie and I are fast walkers, so that helps too. Yes. <laughs> but anyways, so we decided to do single rider. Um, we had both been on it before in Florida. Um, but it worked out because we walked into the, the single rider line, and you know where they like put you with people, you usually see the standby line right there. Standby line was completely empty. So I said, all right, two pilots, you'll be on the next ship. Nice. So we got to do piloting together. Sorry, I have a child about to break into my office. Um, and that was really fun. Yeah. So after that was Haunted Mansion then? 
Yes. So we did Lightning Lane on Haunted Mansion, which we were done with um, by 1045. And we booked a Big Thunder Lightning Lane like right away. Um, and we were actually done with that by 11 o'clock. So 15 wow. minutes from the end of Haunted Mansion to the end of Big Thunder, we were really close. And for people who think I'm not telling the truth, I have my notes on my phone. I was writing things down as we were going. <laughs> oh, yeah. We timestamp these things. Um, we do. Going back to Haunted Mansion, uh, so it was still Haunted Mansion holiday. I want to know what you thought of the gingerbread house because we got my thoughts on it already. I thought it was really well done and it reminded me of one of the ghosts in the graveyard at the end on the right side that's trying to like get out of the tomb. Okay. Yeah, I yeah. thought it was really cool. I I see that parallel. I still think that Von Ginger's smile is going to haunt me in all of my nightmares <laughs> for the near future. Understandable. Understandable. So after Big Thunder. Okay. So park hopping at Disneyland is still restricted, unfortunately. We had to wait until 11 to park hop. And we had a lunch reservation at noon, I believe. Um, so we were like, okay, it's 11 o'clock. We're done with Thunder. Let's see what we can get at Incredicoaster. Um, and we got a lightning lane right away. So we hustled over and we were done at 1125 with Incredicoaster. <laughs> so again, we're like hustling. There were no lines at entry. It was super easy. We just hustled straight back there. Um, yeah. And then we uh, we had a little bit of time before our lunch reservation, obviously. And we were eating at Lamplight Lounge. And so we were like, okay, what's in the Im immediate vicinity that we can do? We pulled a lightning lane for Ariel's Undersea Adventure, which we definitely didn't need, but I kind of wanted to see how they configured the line. Mm -hmm. um, did you, did you, you went on it during your trip, right? Yes, uh, we went on standby. Okay. Lightning lane was available, but we standby. Yeah, so you saw how the entrance was all the way down to the left. Then. Yeah. Yeah, I don't like that. And it feels really, really temporary. Yes. Yeah, they need to like shut down the facade and reconfigure things um it just felt weird yeah i agree with that it felt like they built the queue for a certain capacity and then they decided to increase the capacity but didn't increase the size of the queue mm -hmm. yep i would agree with that so then we went over to lunch at lamplight lounge they got us in about 10 minutes early um, nice. Katie had the poke bowl and I had a burger. I was debating between the burger and the nachos, but I'd had the nachos before. So I went with the burger, which is my favorite food anyways. And it was so good. 10 out of 10 recommend. That might be my favorite burger in all of the Disneyland Resort. Wow. That's yeah. big. Yeah. It was, it was very good. Very, very good. So as we were eating lunch, we were monitoring um lightning lanes for web slingers because that's what we wanted to do um in that part katie had never been on it before and so we got one for like one o'clock or something like that um so we were off of that by 1 30 and then we decided um i'm sorry we had a 240 lightning lane for mission breakout katie had not ever done mission breakout before she'd been on tower of terror and she was really apprehensive about going on a ride with with drops and i was like you know what just come with me in the line and you can decide when we get there um you know Allie, when you were visiting disneyland you ran into a lot of bad luck but this is kind of where we had some good luck, I guess, bad okay. and good luck. So we were off Web Slingers at one thirty. We had a 240 lightning lane for Guardians. That leaves us a lot of time, right? Yeah. So we were like, well, let's go to Cars Land and see what we can do. We waited about 15-ish minutes for um, Radiator Springs Racers on single rider. However, the ride broke down while we were on it. Katie, I think, got to the end of the race when they broke down. And it wasn't just like a temporary stop. Like the lights came on. Um, so what happened for me was we had just gotten new tires, I think, and then the doors open and there's Hudson Hornet and we just, er, like we came to a stop and there are all the cars in front of us just standing there stopped and we we're like, okay. So eventually the cars went and we moved forward. Um, we were about to start the race and they were like, you know, on your mark, get set, whatever they say. And the, our car made the noise like we're going but we didn't go anywhere we just sat there we listened to the entire race through the speakers uh but we just sat there and then the lights came on i was like oh boy this is interesting um so we sat there for probably close to 10 minutes and then the 
audio animatronics said we were going to go. <laughs> we went, we did the race in silence, which was very odd. Um, we got to the end of the ride and they were like, you guys want to go again? We said, yeah. And so I was a little bit worried that we wouldn't make it through a second time. Um, but we got through a second time. So we were done with that. Um, let me check my phone here. We were done with that by 2.30. So from the end of Web Slingers to two times on Radiator Springs Racers, that was an hour. <laughs> so like it was kind of bad luck, but we got to go twice. So kind of worked out um did did katie also get to go twice yes yes they oh, let good. like every car go twice basically um and i think you know when the ride goes down like that they want to get the cars like reset onto their normal timing yeah. and routine and stuff so i think it's better that people go twice so they're not wasting time unloading anyways so our lightning lane was at 240 for mission breakout so we had a few minutes and i got my churro nice it was delicious and then we used our lightning lane for guardians. And from there, like we got in the queue and it diverted us, you know, to the right. Cause it was kind mm -hmm. of a busier time and it just stopped. And then we see people like kind of reversing from the, like the indoor portion of the queue. And we're like, okay, that's weird. And then a cast member, um, was like just out of earshot from us, but talking to the lightning lane people, I don't know what she was saying. I have no idea. And then all of a sudden we started moving forward and we passed some cast members as we were entering the building. And I said, oh, the ride's not down. And they're like, no, it's not down. Come on in. And then I saw the indoor portion of the queue is completely empty. They were only using the first library or whatever they call it now. Um, somebody had a medical emergency in the queue. Oh. So they had to clear out the standby and there was like a nurse there and security and all sorts of stuff and a wheelchair and everything. So um, I guess they were probably prioritizing the lightning lane people to get through since they couldn't use the left indoor portion of the queue at that moment. Um, so again, bad luck turned into good luck for us. I hope the lady's okay. I don't know what happened. She seemed coherent, but she was definitely on the floor. <laughs> um, uh, but it worked out well for us because we were able to just get right on really fast. Yeah. Best wishes of healing to that lady. Yes. Yes. Um, so Katie did end up going on Guardians and she, she was like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, like screaming the whole time <laughs> and like hitting my little leg. Um, but she, afterwards, she's like, I'm really glad I went on that. That was a lot of fun. So she did really enjoy it. I would love to see the ride picture of you two. Oh my gosh. Thank you for reminding me. I need to download them. Oh gosh. Yes. Thank you for reminding me. Yeah. Um, yeah. If you buy Genie Plus at Disneyland, you get your photo pass pictures. So I need to do that. Thank you. You're welcome. So what was next? We said goodbye to California Adventure and we hopped over to Disneyland and took some pictures at the castle um, before the sun went down. We made sure to do that. And then we had uh, booked our individual lightning lane for Rise for 3.30. So we went on that, walked right on, super easy. And at this point, like, again, we hit bad luck, but it turned into good luck. We had um, a lightning lane for Matterhorn and we walked over there after Rise and the line was like egregiously long. Like the lightning lane was completely full outside heading to the teacups. And I was like, this doesn't seem right. That's weird. The ride was not listed as down um, in the app. And I was like, okay, I guess I'll just modify it. So I modified it for Space Mountain for like seven o'clock or something crazy like that. Um, and then I think the ride must have gone down around the same time. I don't really know what happened, but I looked later and we had a lightning lane. I'm sorry. We had a lightning lane for Space Mountain and it let me book another one like 30 minutes after I had modified it. So I'm like, okay, some, something funky went on with there. So we just rebooked Matterhorn for 5.30. So when that happened, we were kind of debating, like, do we want dinner? We had a really big lunch. Da, da, da. We ended up going to get Dole Whips um, around 4.20. Um, and then right after that, 4.45, we were in line for Jungle Cruise. However, you know, at Disneyland, there's two levels mm -hmm. of the queue for Jungle Cruise. We were on the second floor and things just stopped moving. And we were like... That's weird. Then we saw a boat back up, two boats back up, I'm sorry, and they let out all the guests. And then they backed up further, and then, like, another boat backed out. 
and let out guests like boats were just reversing and all of their like they had emergency lights on so i was like oh this is weird and then an empty boat with a skipper and somebody else in there moved forward and i saw that they had a rope and i was like oh i bet you a boat got stuck and sure enough they started towing a full boat back to the dock (laughs) so we watched it for a while and as we were watching it like people were like okay this line's not moving we're just gonna leave um so we decided like oh let's just wait it out like see what happens but we waited 30 minutes we were like this is gonna be a while they hadn't even unloaded that boat and then they got to get it back to wherever they take it and it was gonna be a while so we gave up um so at that point we did the treehouse really quick what did you think of that okay we went the wrong way (laughs) we went through the exit I did not see an entrance sign. We were not the only ones to make this mistake. I would say it's like 50-50 on people going the wrong way when we did it. Um, So eventually we turned around and followed the other half of the people who were doing it the right way. Um, But what I did see from it was it was really well done. I was impressed. Excellent. Yeah. So after that, we had our 530 lightning lane for Matterhorn. Nearly broke our backs, but it was a lot of fun. As a tradition. Yes. And then at 5.50, we had our lightning lane for Buzz Lightyear. And we're pretty sure we saw the CEO or whatever it's called of Marvel. Like, it really looked like him. Do we do we have a name for that other than just the CEO of Marvel? You know, if I think about it long enough, I'll pull it Kevin, up. Kevin Feige? Yes. So he was wearing a New York Yankees baseball cap. And he definitely was, like, bald underneath. And he had a wife and two kids with him. And he had a plaid with him. And I was thinking, that looks like Kevin Feige, however you say his name. And um, Katie and I were, like, Googling pictures of him. And she's like, I think that is him, but weren't 100% sure. And, of course, he's not really on Instagram or anything, so I couldn't, like, stalk him to see if that really was him. <laughs> but I'm pretty sure it was. Like, it, it lined up with how he normally dresses and looks. So... Anyways, oh, we both got over a million points on that ride. So good. Yeah, yes. Okay. After that, we did our six o'clock lightning lane for Star Tours. We were off by 620. I was the rebel spy. And Congratulations. <laughs> thank you. I was thinking to myself, wouldn't it be so cool if I was the rebel spy? And then I was. Um and while we were on the ride, this kid turned to me, like, as it showed my picture, and he was like, What did you do? <laughs> yeah he was probably like nine or ten years old something like that and then we got off the ride like the ride was ending and they were doing the whole unbuckle grab your stuff spiel and he turned around and like gave me the death glare the whole time like i didn't choose this like i didn't choose the rebel spy life the rebel spy life chose me like i didn't do anything wow it was funny but also slightly uncomfortable um so then we decided to go do casey jr really quick it was a walk-on and then by 6 50 p.m we had our lightning lane for autopia which was hilarious we didn't that was like a bonus for us it was just you know lightning lane that came up really fast so we were like ah might as well do it i could not control this dang car like i was trying so hard to steer it straight and it just like I kept overcompensating and banging into it. We were, we were laughing really hard about that. Um, so then we had our lightning lane for Space Mountain. And by 7.30, we were done with that. Um, they have reconfigured the way they do that line since the last time I was there. So that was interesting. And then by like 7.40-ish, we had a 15-minute wait for Snow White. That was also a must-do for us because it was new. Mm-hmm. Um, we both really liked it. And at by that point, like, we were getting kind of tired. We had a 9 o'clock reservation for Ogus. We are like, I don't know if we're going to make it that far, but let's see what happens. Um, so we went over to Ogus, and they got us in at 810. So, wow. Yeah, that was cool. That was cool. And we had a really nice chat with the bartender. And then on our way out, we were like, well, let's see what Jungle Cruise is looking like, because that's also a must-do for us. And that ride had eluded us twice earlier yeah. that day. Um, and we walked right on, so that was cool. And then we were kind of hungry since we had, you know, skipped dinner and had Dole Whips instead. So we mobile ordered a grilled cheese and tomato soup from Jolly Holiday, which was a very good choice because the line was literally out the door, like winding around and out the door, which is crazy for 9 o'clock at night. Um 
but sometimes that's the way it goes. And then we were like, should we walk or take the monorail? And we decided to walk. So I'm sorry, take the monorail. So 9.30ish, we were on the monorail heading out of the park. Were there fireworks that night? No, that night they were just doing the Mickey's Mixed Magic like projection show, which we were like, eh, rather do rides. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So overall, sounds like you had a really great day, a really full oh my day. Gosh, a really great day. Let me count how many rides we did. One, two, three, four, 23. 24 rides that includes monorail to Disneyland and back two times on racers plus the treehouse and a sit down lunch. Wow. Yeah. In from eight to nine 30 ish, 13 so hours, just 13 a, yeah, hours, a little over 13 hours. Yeah. So that's like, you know, two rides per hour basically, which is pretty good. Yeah. So it seemed, it also seems like it was less crowded than when I was there. Yes. Um, and you had better luck with Lightning Lane and just kind of in general. Yeah, we had good luck. And, you know, sometimes it happens at Disneyland where you have good luck and sometimes you have bad luck. And in this case, like, we just timed everything really well and other things worked out in our favor, too. Questions we always ask. What's something Disneyland is doing right that Walt Disney World should be doing better and vice versa? Okay, things they're doing right. Their Lightning Lane system was really well done. and. I honestly think it's just the nature of the beast. Um, Disneyland is a vastly different experience than Walt Disney World. I mean, obviously there's similarities and you're going to a theme park and riding rides, but the way that people experience Disneyland is a lot different. And I'm talking about people individually and people groups as a whole. You know, you look at the population of people going to Disneyland, it's mostly locals and they don't need Lightning Lane. Um, so there's not competition for purchasing lightning lane and then booking lightning lanes um we like the furthest time we got out was an hour you know like that's not bad whereas at walt disney world you kind of get the opposite experience where it's you're battling to get three if you're lucky you know mm -hmm. at hollywood studios it's even worse the competition is really stiff because there's so many high ticket like hot ticket attractions there um so i don't think it's necessarily that Walt Disney World needs to adopt the way that Genie Plus is implemented at Disneyland. It's just that it's going so well at Disneyland that it really reveals the flaws in how it's going at Walt Disney World. And I know that's like a recurring theme here, but I think that's a recurring theme for the parks as a whole right now. Like mm -hmm. you can't take the same principles and apply them to both coasts. You just can't. Um, and unfortunately, that's what the higher ups are trying to do. And it's to the detriment of the guests at Walt Disney World, and I think that's really unfortunate. Things that Walt Disney World is doing correctly? Wow. <sighs> uh, I mean, I love the parks here. You know that I do. Um, mm -hmm. uh, I struggle to find something that Walt Disney World is doing right for a casual vis visitor as opposed to what it's what Disneyland is doing right for casual visitors. Do they have the vacation experience nailed down? Yes, absolutely. And I think Disneyland could learn from that. And to its credit, I think Disneyland is heading that direction. I think a lot of it hinges on what happens with the Disneyland Forward program. I don't know if you've heard about that, but it's their plans to expand by offering some sort of quasi theme park or an extension of the existing ones, don't really know. Um, so if they can secure all the approvals and funding and whatever political agreements they need to make, I think that'll be a step in the right direction. I also think the DVC building opening at Disneyland is helping them become a more cohesive vacation experience. But again, I think it's one of those things where it's the nature of the beast. Like you have in Florida, you have the benefit of being so insulated from things outside Disney. In California, you don't have that at all. And the things outside of Disney and California are very tempting and very easy to get to. The beach is pretty easy to get to. The mountains are easy to get to. There's museums. There's great restaurants. There's LA, Hollywood, San Diego. Here, if you're insulated in the Disney bubble, it's not easy to get to those things. And so I'm not sure, you know, I think 
their hope in California is that the Disneyland Forward program creates a more insulated experience. But I think that's always going to be something that they struggle with, just given the geographic location. Any final thoughts on this portion of your trip? Well, we had a great day. Um, You know, if you're going on a non-crowded day like we did, I would advise you to follow our schedule, especially if you're (laughs) one day park hopping. And as much, you know, our goal was to do as many rides as we could, enjoy time with each other, that kind of thing, and not get hung up on the details. We don't need to meet Mickey. We don't need to, you know, go see a show or a parade. So if those are your goals, I think our day and the way we handled it proves that you can do those things. You just have to sacrifice some of the little things. And if you're okay with that going in, you'll have a great day. So, yeah. Also highly recommend ditching the husbands and kids for an adults only (laughs) best friend day at the parks. (laughs) All right. Noted. (laughs) All right. So let's move on then. You did the Disneyland half marathon this weekend as well. So let's start with packet pickup and the expo experience. Yeah. So when and how was that? Okay. So I was debating on when to do packet pickup and we decided to do it on Friday um Devin was not working on this trip he works from home so he can work wherever but he took the time off um his brother was working and so we were like well let's just go to downtown Disney with the kids that day and we asked our in-laws my in-laws to join us um and we had lunch at what's it called um Splitsville is where we ate and they were doing uh, I think 15% off for runners that weekend um, oh nice Yeah, a lot of places in Disney Springs do the same, so it didn't surprise me that that was the case here. I didn't have my bib yet when we ate, but I showed them proof on my phone, and they let me get the discount. So after lunch, um, Devin and the kids and my in-laws went to go play on one of the lawns at the Disneyland Hotel while I went and did my thing. So the way that it works at California is obviously different because the space constraints are just so different. Um, in Florida, they, they use the ESPN wide world of sports facility where they've got like three different buildings here. They just use the convention center at the Disneyland hotel. So when you walk in, um, it's, it's by the first place you go is basically right above Goofy's kitchen. So you got to make a U-turn and go up the stairs. And that's where bib pickup was. And it was really easy. I just went in there and showed my expo pass. Um, they checked my ID. They verified that I am coast to coast eligible and they gave me a little wristband. Um, and then from there, you went back downstairs and into the main convention center area. And that was where you picked up your shirt and then you could do some shopping. Um, I did do a little bit of shopping. I bought a coast to coast t-shirt. No, I didn't. I'm sorry. I bought a Disneyland half marathon t-shirt that was like, we're back 2024. Cute. Mm -hmm. So bib pickup was super easy. Anything else about the expo you wanted to talk about? A lot of people complained that it was smaller, but honestly, the Disneyland races to me feel more like, um, local races, I guess. Mm -hmm. So having an expo at all is good. And I thought it was well laid out. It wasn't difficult to understand. I thought it was fine. I thought the amount of vendors was fine. It was good. Also, people complaining that it's smaller have clearly never been to this. Everything's smaller at Disneyland. Yeah. Like, yeah, come on, guys. Yeah, that's just how it goes. That's just how it goes. <laughs> that's how it is. Yeah. Okay. So I guess next would be race morning, Sunday morning. Yeah, so um, I was staying in a hotel, you know, 30 or 40 minutes away, and the plan was to have Katie pick me up and, um, like, uh, pick me up and drop me off and then pick me up again at the end of the race because we were not about to wake the kids that early in the morning (laughs) and pile them in the rental car. And I didn't really want to take an Uber at that time of the day for, you know, a 40-minute journey, 30-minute journey to Anaheim. So um, I... I asked Devin, like, hey, can I just spend the night at Katie's house? That way she doesn't have to wake earlier than she needs to. Um, And our hotel room also didn't have a microwave. And I need to have, like, a protein-filled breakfast. Like, Mm -hmm. I can't can't run on, like, snacks in a hotel room. That's not going to work for me. So I spent the night at Katie's. I used her microwave to eat my, my, like, egg and sausage sandwich in the car. Um, And she dropped me off. And drop-off was at Toy Story parking lot. And so I was looking at the road closures and I was like, okay, I think we need to get off at State College 
boulevard and like go in kind of the back way. But when we, we were in the carpool lane and looking ahead, that exit was closed. Like there were flares all across the freeway and a tow truck and police. I was like, oh, great. An accident, of course. So we ended up just taking the Disney way exit and we got through before they closed that road down, thankfully. Um, so she just dropped me off in the Toy Story parking lot. And they have bathrooms there in the parking lot now, which is really nice. Like real and bathrooms? Real bathrooms in, in the building. Amazing. Yes. And I was like, okay, this is the first and only real bathroom that I'm going to see for a while. So I'm going to use it. And um, <laughs> the only one that was available was like the the family stall. They had two family stalls. Those were the only ones open. The other ones were like roped off and locked. <laughs> so the line was kind of long. And this cast member who looked like a lead or a manager came over. She's like, the main restrooms are closed. We're working on getting them open. And we're like, yeah, lady, we know that we're, that we're clo- that they're closed. That's why we're all standing here. She's like, you're more than welcome to use these bathrooms or there are porta potties at the start line. Everyone's like, okay, yeah, we're just going to wait here. Yeah. About five minutes later, a security guard comes strolling up. He's like, I'm not sure if this key will work on this bathroom. And he opened it. <laughs> so hallelujah. Thank you, Mr. Security Guard. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So what corral were you in for this half? Uh, D. Out of how many? F. Okay. So, I think. So middle back. Yeah. The back, yeah. The back of the middle. The back of the middle. <laughs> yes. Yes. I think my corral was like the first big corral. A, B, and C were pretty small. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I do have to say, I want to talk about, like, the staging area for the half. Yeah. It was weird. Okay. Okay. So it took place in, I think it's the Pumbaa parking lot. I think it's, like, the off-site one. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. It's, like, across the street from Toy Story, right? Yes. Yes. And, like, on the other side of um, Garden Walk. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So... I had heard that during the 5K and 10K, there were holdups at security because they have metal detectors, not like the walkthrough, you don't have to take anything out detectors. And that eventually, like, especially at the 10K, it was like cutting it really close on time. So they just started asking people to hold their bags above their head and walk through. So I was like, okay, I'm going to get here early. We're going to walk through whatever. Also, by the way, it was very cold. I had a throwaway jacket and a Mylar blanket. And I had those heat warmer things, hand warmer things in my pockets. And I also had ear warmers on. In addition to my gear bag with a a change of shoes and uh, extra food and my running backpack or my running fanny pack. So I was carrying a lot of stuff just Mm -hmm. by myself. (laughs) So I was a little stressed about going through security. Um, So I walked over there and thankfully the line was not very long, but it was kind of just a big mass of people funneling through probably like eight to 10 different metal detectors. And it went pretty fast. You know, we're all understanding we got to get through this, Um, but they didn't check anybody's bags. They just had us take off our bags and hold them over our heads and walk through. So they really weren't checking anything. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking to myself, like in the future, they have to change how they do this. This is not safe. Like anybody can take anything in. Um, so I hope in the future they change that. Yeah. So from there, um, I'm looking at a map. The event entry was left on Disney Way towards Harbor Boulevard, but the staging area was in that parking lot. So I was trying to find gear check and before the parking lot there's like a grassy patch and then you'll hit a road that leads in and out of the parking lot and i thought okay i'm just gonna head towards that road across the patchy grass thing and there are all sorts of porta potties down there and then somebody somebody passing by said if you're looking for gear check it's the other way i was like what like so there were no signs so i had to turn around to go all the way around the back side of the parking lot where there was another checkpoint for people coming from the other direction Um, And then I was able to find gear check. So I think they could have used more signage or cast members directing people. They could have done something different there. So from there, I went to gear check. I asked the guy, do I need to write my bib number on my bag? And he told me no. And I was like, okay. Sus. (laughs) 
Yes. Um, but they do give you a little sticker that you put on the back of your bib and they, you know, they label it, whatever. So I was like, okay, well, at least I have the sticker. And then I turn around and this guy who looks like some sort of supervisor is like, make sure to write your bib number on your bag. And I was like, oh gosh. So I turned around and I said, hey, I'd feel more comfortable writing my bib number on my bag. And he had already like put it away, but I was like, uh, it's that one right there, but he didn't go to get it. He just took out his phone and like wrote down my sticker number with the bib number on like a note. So I was okay. feeling a little, I was feeling a little nervous about that. So yeah. did you get all your stuff back at the end of the race? I did. I did. Okay, <laughs> didn't want to yes. leave anybody in suspense there. <laughs> yes. Um, so then I was like, well, I don't really have anything to do. So I'll just head to the corral. Um, I was in corral D, like I said, and I always hang out at the back of the corrals because I don't really feel a need to be jammed in there. And mm -hmm. the back of the corral was right next to the security checkpoint where I had gone through earlier. So I was just watching people walk through the security checkpoint and there was um, a traffic light right there and they kept that intersection clear and corrals E, F, and G were behind that intersection. So I saw the mass of people <laughs> in those other corrals, like just across the intersection, basically. Um, since I was standing there at the corner by the barricade, I did notice there were a couple people who jumped the barricade into the corral and there was like nobody watching. Now I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt and think that they were runners who popped out to use the bathroom and just walked in right there. I don't really know, except that there was an entrance, like an official entrance to the corral, not that far from there. So I'm like, are you just being lazy? Like, I don't know who you are. Why are you doing this? So, Yeah. Yeah, highly sus. Don't yes. do that, run Disney runners. Yes. You know better. Yes. So eventually the race started. Um, because of, I think, city or county ordinances, they can't do fireworks at the start. So, you know, and they had a like a visual of an American flag on a screen, not a real American flag. Um, but it was the guy, one of the guys affiliated with the Ducks, I think, was singing the national anthem. So that was cool. All right. Um, were there, is there like hosts like there are at the Disney World races? Yes. And Carissa Galloway, who does the Walt Disney World races, was one of the hosts. The other one, I don't remember his name, but it was not the guy that she's been doing it with recently. Okay, cool. Glad they were there. Yep. yep. So you got going. Um, anything exciting happen in the first three miles? It sure did, Allie. It sure did. <laughs> so the starting line had us turn left. Well, we finished Disney Way, turned left onto Harbor Boulevard, and then made a right on Catella Avenue, kind of between the convention center and Cars Land. Then we made a right on Disneyland Drive, and that was where I ditched my jacket and um, my ear warmers. I put, like, I looped it through my... Um, my running fanny pack and then mile one is where we made the turn to enter backstage california adventure the first water stop was like behind cars land there's some facilities back there where like the dancers go and practice and stuff it was right back there it was a little crowded but like more crowded than usual water stops but i was like you know the crowd hasn't thinned out yet we're like in a mile and a half you know give it a little bit and it'll clear out we entered the park, um, ran through Avengers Campus, ran through, um, like, behind – I'm sorry, not behind – between the water and Screamin' in Credicoaster, so on the pier. And then we ran between aerials and, like, the San Francisco-looking buildings over there. Mm -hmm. And then – um, we made a left towards Grizzly and Grand Californian, and then we headed towards Soarin'. And this is where things got crazy. <laughs> if you are part of the Run Disney community, I'm sure you've heard about the Mile 3 water fiasco. <laughs> Basically, they put a mile marker right before a curve where the course naturally narrows because we headed into the Esplanade between Soren and where that prop airplane is. That's a narrow part of the park. Like it just is. Mm -hmm. So the course is naturally narrowing. It's on a curve. So, you know, when people take a curve, they're going to take the inside track. So mm -hmm. people are piling up and then they put the mile marker there too. At Disney, I don't know if this is a thing at other races, but at Disney races, people take pictures with the mile marker. So you have people pulling off, take a picture, people stopping to get water at the water stop they put right there. And it was just a complete pileup. Like I could not 
have run if I wanted to. I could not walk at my own pace. I had to follow the pace of the crowd, which sucked. Like it was just a disaster. Um, when we got out, it was a little bit better, but it really didn't clear up until we entered Disneyland. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So neat little pile up. At least there wasn't a character stop also there. Right? Like that would have been <laughs> worse. Yeah. Yeah. So anything else exciting happened in the following 10 miles? <laughs> well, okay. From there, um, the 5K timing mar- mar- the 5K timing that was right when we entered downtown Disney, um, the Esplanade area. And there were a lot of people cheering, which is really cool and exciting. And we entered in through the main entrance of Disneyland. You know, they have that middle entry that's bigger. It's not like a turnstile. It's just like a big mm-hmm. gate. We entered through there, ran right toward the train station and through the right-hand tunnel, took a bathroom, stopped there, and tied my shoe. Then we ran down Main Street. And what I thought was really cool is they had projections going on all the buildings on Main Street that said, like, Disneyland Half Marathon. And I swear, excuse me, I don't think I'd ever seen that at Walt Disney World. I might be wrong, but running down Main Street the times that I have, I don't recall seeing that on the main street buildings. So that was really a nice touch. We ran um, a little bit through Tomorrowland, um, you know, past the Matterhorn over towards small world, I think. No, I'm sorry. I'm look. I'm trying to look at the map and it's really small. We ran past space mountain Matterhorn. And then we ran through Fantasyland and through the castle where it was really crowded. So my castle pictures just didn't turn out that great. We ran along Rivers of America and through Galaxy's Edge. So this is the first Disneyland race to go through Galaxy's Edge, which was awesome. We popped out backstage briefly between Galaxy's Edge and Toontown. Um, Then we entered Toontown and we ran by Small World and we were backstage again. I don't remember this from previous races, but we ran right by Team Disney Anaheim, the green building. Cool. Which was really cool. Yeah. And then we made that U-turn onto Ball Road over the highway overpass of death, a hill straight into the sunshine. Thankfully, oh, I hate the that sun, hill. Yeah. Thankfully, the sun was not up yet when I was doing that hill. Good. Yeah. From there, you know, we made a right on Anaheim Boulevard, left on Cerritos, left on Lewis, right on Ball again, right on State College, um, and then a left onto Cerritos again. So you're, you are well off Disney property at this point, oh, in yeah. other words. We're, we're running by businesses, buildings, homes, uh, gas stations, fast food restaurants. Um, And this is the part where it feels like a community race because you're driving by things in the community. And Mm -hmm. there's that relationship between the local community and Disneyland, which doesn't exist to the degree in Florida that it does in California. Um, So there are people, you know, just going about their day, like cheering us on. They came out from their houses or, you know, they went to go walk to the grocery store and cheered us on, whatever. Um, So that was really neat. And it gives spectators a lot of options to see people on the course too. Mm -hmm. On the flip side, it would have been really easy for somebody to like hop the fence and join the race. (laughs) Uh, So I think they could probably work on security in that regard. Um, Around mile nine, we made a right turn. I don't remember what street this was on, um, but we were right by Honda Center. And they had Wild Wing, who is the mascot for the ducks. He was out there. You could have stopped to take a picture with them. That's but really they also, cool. Yeah, it is cool. And they had – we did, like, a, a little tour of the parking lot um, at Honda Center. And they had so, these, like be- – Sorry, before you move on, Honda Center is where the Anaheim Ducks play hockey. For anybody yes. who does not know, because I don't feel like that's necessarily common knowledge if you don't live in Anaheim. Right, yeah, Anaheim Ducks. Um, and they had giant inflatable hockey players, too, like – like two to three stories tall hockey players. Um, so that's cool. Oh, and they also had one of the local radio stations was out like broadcasting and cheering on runners. I don't know if they did that in conjunction with Disney or if they just chose to do it because they were just like by a building on the side of the road. Um, so I thought that was nice though. So after Honda Center, we made a U-turn onto the Santa Ana River Trail And this was kind of a bummer for me personally, because um, I ran into, I didn't run into them, but there was an athlete on a chair there, a wheelchair, and Mm -hmm. it's fine. Like, I'm totally supportive of them, but that is a very narrow section of the course, like two bike lanes width. And you're also on the side of a riverbed with a very steep incline off the side. So if you are somehow forced off the course, like you're falling down into the riverbed, um, and I was also near a pace group at that point. And 
I know people love the pace groups. This is probably a controversial opinion. I do not love the pace groups. They are loud. They are a big, bulbous group of people. I know that they try their best, but I just get annoyed by them. They kind of throw off my rhythm and I don't like hearing, okay, we're walking in three, two, one. That's not what I like to hear when I'm running a race. So I try to stay away from them as possible. However, my priority was to stay away from the person in the wheelchair because they knew a U-turn was coming and they had announced, I need to take it on the left side. Like I need to take the outside wider path. So everybody, including the, the Galloway Pacers, were trying to stay to the right. And it was just a mass of people. And I was trying to get away from the Pacers and trying to stay away from the wheelchair at the same time. Um, so eventually I just let the pace group pass me because I was like, I don't want to mess with them and a wheelchair. Mm -hmm. So anyways, up the hill we went. Oh, sorry. It's like... It's like a game of Frogger. <laughs> it is. It is. And at some point you just give up because I don't, I just didn't want to be around people shouting three, two, one, every 30 seconds for the rest of my race. I just didn't. <laughs> so um, we head up the river trail. Um, mile 10 was in some random parking lot. It looked like a business center. I'm not really sure what it was. And after that, we headed to Angel Stadium, which rivals the parking lot experience at blizzard beach during the marathon now in previous half marathons i know because the one that i did you ran on the field which was not the case this year no apparently there was some like monster jam thing they were setting up for so i'm sure the field was all torn up and not looking great so it was just unavailable for runners unfortunately um so we toured the anaheim angels parking lot which is you know the local baseball team MLB team. Yep. Lovely. Yeah. I mean, I was okay with it because, you know, I like the angels. And for me, I was like, oh, it's so fun to be back here in the parking lot. Um, <laughs> and they also had some classic cars, not nearly as many as pre-COVID race or pre-cancellation races, but they did have classic cars, which was nice to look at. Cool. Yeah. So leaving Angel Stadium around mile 11, we were heading down Gene Autry Way. We made a quick U-turn. And on to Disney Way under the freeway, under the five, um, to head to the finish line. And we made a quick right turn into that cast member parking lot uh, to get to the finish line. And there were tons of people cheering us on, especially mile like 12 and three quarters on. There were a lot of people cheering. And that was really, really nice. Excellent. Um, so <laughs> cross the finish line. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, how... So I want to do a couple of comparisons here. How does this experience compare to previous Disneyland half marathon experiences? Um, well, they moved the start line and the finish line. Uh, it used to be closer to like the old downtown Disney parking lot, which I think wasn't that the Stitch parking lot? I don't remember. Okay. Um, it's, it's by the pedestrian bridge from the parking structure. That was really close. And like that dip in Disneyland Drive where you go underneath downtown Disney, that was like right around where the start and finish line were. And I miss the start and finish line being over there. I think finishing in downtown Disney by the ESPN zone was really cool. However, there's a lot of construction in downtown Disney right now. So this might be a temporary change and maybe they'll go back to how it used to be. Um, so I didn't really like the location of the start and finish line. However, I think it was a good use of their resources. They could have people park at Toy Story lot. They could use that cast member lot that isn't always fully used. So I get it. Like they're at their space is at a premium and they have to do what they can with what with what they have. Um, the course experience itself, you know, barring the really tight, crowded situations that we ran into, it felt about the same. I did feel like we got a lot of park time in. You know, I'm counting here. We entered backstage DCA at mile one and we didn't leave until mile five um, or like just before mile five, technically. Uh, so that's like a good four miles of park time, which I feel like is a lot. You know, that's yeah. a, about a third of the course, give or take. Um, running on the streets, you know, I think that's just part of Anaheim's experience. You're not just like I talked about earlier, it's the nature of the beast here in California versus Florida. And honestly, I don't mind it because in Florida, when you're running between parks, they don't have spectators on the grass. 
they've got porta potties and character lines that are really long and DJs. <laughs> and so like, yeah, there's stuff to look at, but I'd rather have the support of random bystanders than a character I'm not going to wait in line for and DJs blaring music that's loud enough that I can't hear my music that I'm listening to while I'm running. So I prefer it. I know that some people don't, but that's just me. You kind of did this already, but this half marathon compared to Disney World half marathons, not the one this year because we know that was a mm-hmm. whole different beast, yeah, but yeah. previous Disney World half marathons. They need more. They need more characters, and they need more course photographers. Okay. Do you yeah. think the um, you know, eight plus miles were off Disney property? Was that probably the biggest factor of that? To an extent, I think so. But there are also places in DCA where I was like, they could put a character here, and they didn't. You know, like we, uh, like the area between Little Mermaid and. Tertoria, I guess, was like kind of empty. And so why couldn't they put a character there? They could have stuck Baymax there. Yeah, they could have. Or like at the end of Main Street, they could have stuck, or like back in Tomorrowland, they could have stuck somebody. So I think there's opportunity there. Um, and they definitely needed more photographers. 100% they needed more. Were there any Disney photographers that were outside of Disney no. property? No. Okay. No, no, didn't no. think so. No, they don't um, do that. And then characters also, I'm assuming the same characters don't leave yeah. Disney Correct. property. Correct. Um, yeah. What what characters were out there? Honestly, I don't really remember all that much. Um, I want to say the Cars characters were. I think that makes some sense. Of, I think some of the Star Wars characters were up like on the second level. That also makes sense. <laughs> I saw Pete. In Toontown, I definitely saw him. I was going to say, you're going to have to clarify what Pete, because we could be talking about Pete, the, um, what kind of animal is he? Is he a cat? I think Pete's a cat. Yeah. Um, or like there's Pete's dragon. Um, Wait, there's... that's why Pete doesn't like Mickey. Mickey's a mouse. Pete's a cat. Oh, that makes sense. That makes sense. Okay. Um, yeah, I did see Pete and I thought about stopping in his line because I hadn't met Pete before, but I was like, nah, it's a long line. I saw... I think Joy, maybe, from Inside Out. Um, there, de- There's definitely a Pixar character on Pixar Pier. I think the cars were out in Cars Land. Um, I know Dumbo was out at some point, but when I ran by, he wasn't. Um, I heard about that, yeah. And yeah. then I heard that the characters, the statues from A Bug's Land were also mm-hmm. along the course as well. I don't remember seeing them. They may have been. I don't remember. Um, let me check my notes to make sure I covered the other thing. The other thing is at the finish area, there were no characters and no, there was like one photo op. Basically it was against a big backdrop. It was not, they, they could up their finish line stuff for sure. All right. Uh, any other thoughts on the Disneyland half and congratulations again on earning your coast to coast medal. Thank you. I really want to run there again. Um, I was less than two minutes off from my goal time. And I think had there not been the pile up at mile three, I probably would have made my goal time. All right. Yeah. Yep. I want to do the the Halloween races really bad. (laughs) Um, I heard a rumor that they are going to stop doing virtual races yes, i have heard that as well and i'm not happy about that because i'm not flying out to california for a race anytime soon unfortunately so yeah rip. i think i think they're only going to be met with unhappiness for that i don't think it's a good idea um yeah you know it's it's free money for them all they have to do is generate the medals and send them out like yeah yeah not that come hard on. <laughs> yeah okay so unless you do you have anything else to add about this trip cj My next race will be Wine and Dine in November. All right. My next race is the Get Your Rear in Gear 5K in Austin, benefiting the Colon Cancer Coalition. Wow. (laughs) Yeah, should be fun. Um, All right. Well, that wraps it up for this episode. Thank you all for joining us as CJ covered her trip to Disneyland and the Disneyland Half Marathon and the Coast to Coast Challenge. Uh, did you run it? Let us know. Send us a message on Instagram, park2parkpod with the number two. Send us an email, park2parkpod at gmail.com. 
Tell your friends about the podcast. Tell your enemies about the podcast. Uh, like us on YouTube. Subscribe to us on YouTube and wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you can give us a review, please do. Um, what are we talking about next, CJ? The other MCU. <laughs> not Marvel again, but this not time... mi- not the Mickey Cinematic Universe. It's the Monsters Cinematic Universe. That's right. That's so right. It's so Monsters Inc. themed attractions. Yes. So Monsters Inc. Laugh Floor. I forgot the name of the other one. Mike and Sully to the rescue. Mike and Sully to the rescue. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I can't think of any other Monsters Inc. experiences in the park. No, not unless there's like a random meet and greet that neither of us are aware of. But I don't know. I'm gonna have to do some research. All right. I will make sure that I tell you about. Every time I have failed to go on this ride with my friend Kirsten. <laughs> All right. This, well, I'm this looking ride forward is cursed to it. for us. <laughs> yeah, it apparently is. All right. Well, thank you all for listening, and we'll see you next time. See ya.